Welcome to the Guys from Podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions. I'm Sean Cordingly. And I'm David R. Smith, and as per every January, we can't get to any of your questions because we have New Year's-y things to do, including our top ten movies from last year. So that's what we're doing today. Yeah, although this is the first time we're doing it in podcast form. It's true. Yeah, which is kind of exciting. Because we were asked to. (laughs) Well, and it just makes sense, like... Like you, we've talked about that our podcast and our our podcast listeners and our readers are two different groups. Yes, and so definitely. We are publishing our our written ones as well. So if people want to to read them, they can. But um, and see trailers. That's the other nice thing about having them written is we attach trailers to them as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, but and those will be available at the same time as this podcast. So exactly. you can go to theguysfrom.com right now and click on those lists, or just Hooray. keep listening first because. Yeah. Listen and I mean, then here. go you watch well the trailers. Yeah. 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 So, but yes, it's our first time doing it, but it made sense to to do it in both ways. Plus, it meant that that was one less topic we had to worry about figuring out what we were going to talk about. Not, yeah, you say that like we have a problem. It's right? not that we, like, keep sending us your questions, but we also have a pile of questions, but keep yeah. sending us your questions. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I was, ref- I guess I was referring more to the fact that we didn't have to worry about which one it was this time. It's like, oh, God, there's so many. What are we going to do? It's like, okay, we know that our first one in January is always your interview. Now our second one in January is always going to be uh, movies that were re- like our, our top ten movies from the last year. And then next week is going to be our preview of all movies that we want to see for 2018. Yes, assuming that neither of us gets super sick. True. I got over mine, hopefully over at Christmas, so um, I'm hoping that I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's my turn is what you're saying. Great. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Great. So we'll see how that goes. Sweet. <laughs> ah, it's good to be back. It is very good to be back. Happy New Year again to all of mm-hmm. our listeners. This is actually the first one that we have recorded since the New Year, so yeah. we don't have to guess at what's happening in the world anymore. We've actually <laughs> lived it. It's true. Yeah, which is, it's a nice change. Yeah, it, it is. The December one, December, like end of December, beginning of January is always a tricky podcast thing to do because we're generally podcasting two or three weeks ahead of time to make sure that we have stuff ready. And so we're trying to jam a lot in and make sure that everything's, you know, we're, we're set for all these different podcasts. And God, think, so much could happen between December 15th or whenever it was we last recorded and, and December 6th when the that last one came out, I think. And yeah, it's just or December 5th. And so it's just nice to know that <laughs> we're, we're a little bit more on top of things. Yeah, exactly. Or like that. Did we do the, the most expensive Christmas presents in November? I think so. Yeah. Like we, yeah, we, we did pre-recorded that one. that one super early. We did. I actually think I have that one written down because we had the list of when we were doing all the things. Yeah. Um, Oh, no. We recorded it in October. We recorded oh, God. the one <laughs> on Dece- the one that came out on December 22nd. We recorded it on October 25th. So Oh yeah, yep. There's my list. Yep. So yeah, we've uh we've been all over the place, but now we're yeah. back. Canada's won a gold medal. We can prove it. Awesome, 2-1 over Sweden. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. the new year. It is. And that's hockey and so we're, for all of our American yeah. listeners who only paid attention until the U.S. <laughs> were out or didn't at all based on the attendance and the uh, the numbers. Oof. That was... Yeah. That, that was, was bad. Uh, that, was, that was not good. 
Uh, and because I just made a reference to something that nobody pays attention to, I will go first and talk hey! about my first honorable mention. Okay. It is Split. Okay. Hey, Dave, did you see Split? No. Do you know what Split is? No. Uh, should I? It is... Wait. Yes, you I feel should. Like, I feel like I remember that was part of our movie preview. It sure was. Okay. It came out in, like, January of 2017. Okay. So I vaguely remember it. Remind me of what it is, and I'm pretty sure halfway through I'll be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh It is starring James McAvoy as a man with 23 distinct split personalities who kidnaps three girls, and they have to try and escape from him before the 24th personality appears. Uh Aha. I remember, okay, so I remember seeing a trailer for that, whether it was on a like a movie preview thing that we did or on TV or something, but it looks awesome. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah? Yes. I quite enjoyed it. Um, I saw enough movies from 2017. Like, obviously I'm missing some, some that are on your list. The awards bracket window where they just dump a bunch of amazing stuff into theaters in, like, January 6th. Thanks. Mm -hmm. That's super great for these lists. But, like, nothing on my list for me is rated under an 8 out of 10. Oh, wow. That's impressive. I am very, very pleased with Split. Um, It didn't get higher because it it has a few problems. It gets slow in a few places, and, like, you can kind of see where it's going, but it's very enjoyable. Okay. Cool. Um, I mean, that's nice that you've been able that you've seen that many movies, uh, if you go, if you listeners actually go to our um, written ones, you will see that I, I I saw thirteen movies this year. So enough to do a full comprehensive list, but also not enough. Like most of them, I really enjoyed actually, and like the a, a goodly proportion of them have been rated eight or higher. But the first few are Good. like sevens, and you know, not still not bad movies, although. Well, yeah, but, like, you're not them. ramming an aloha in, right? No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I will start with my first honorable mention. It is Mother. Um, I I liked it more than Shannon did. Shannon hated it. Um, I didn't okay. love it, but I understand. Once I kind of read some reviews and figured out what actually was happening, and I kind of understood the idea behind it, and so I, I, I appreciated it a little bit more. But at the same sure. time, I just found it so odd and unsettling, which is kind of Darren Aronofsky. But I also found it just a little, because I like I like his stuff. I love Black Swan. I love um, uh, Requiem for a Dream. Like I I like his movies, but this one just seemed a little too. I, I don't want to say smart because I'm a smart person, but like it was almost like pretentiously smart. Um, so I, I didn't of, you you borderlined trumped there a little bit. Did which I? is kind of amazing. Well, on Friday he did have, or was it? Yeah, it was Friday he came and had a, a press conference about uh, how he's a genius. Oh, because that that book came out that calls him dumb. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he had a press conference where he's like, "No, no, I'm smart. I'm I'm I'm, I'm super smart, and I'm stable." I I really appreciate the fact that you're like, I don't want to say it's too smart because I'm smart, right? Oh, like I'm I'm smart. So God. screw you, Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> Trump. And it's like I'm not trying to brag, be like I'm a genius. Like I'm, I'm, I'm an intelligent person. I feel like I'm well educated. I just didn't get this movie. 
And I think some people did. But anyway, image-wise, there was some unreal imagery. And, like, once again, once I got it, the story is kind of interesting. It's just it took too long and it took too much for me to actually understand. And uh, so it's just it wasn't it wasn't my, my favorite movie of the year by any means. But it's not like I hated it. So anyway. oh, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have yet to see it. When mm-hmm. I do, I guess we could talk about it uh, mm-hmm. either on or off the podcast. Sure. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I know that I haven't seen a lot of movies on your list, and you haven't seen a lot of movies on my list. Or if you have, they haven't made your list. So Right. But the ones that you haven't seen, we can't really talk about more than just kind of a descriptor. But yeah, it's <laughs> what's different between that and every countdown we've done from <laughs> 1940s, 1950s, 1960s. So uh, Well, typically, I've seen most of the movies on your list because you've watched them because of me. Certainly. So that's yes. a little different. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of movies that Dave hasn't seen, I'm assuming, because mm-hmm. I think you would have brought it up, uh, my other honorable mention is Lucid Dream. I have not seen that one. It is a Netflix film from Korea. I oh, love Korean gee, movies. I'm, I'm so shocked that you have a Korean movie on there. I'm actually, spoiler to the rest of my list, I'm actually surprised it's the only Korean movie. I'm actually surprised it's the only Korean movie on your list. Um, ha! Huh. Okay. It, it generally takes some time to get them translated in over here. I see. Okay. So, and they're not always super easy to grab unless they do pop on Netflix. So, right, right. That's just the way it is. Anyway, Lucid Dream is about yeah. an investigative journalist who seeks to track down the whereabouts of his son who was abducted out of an amusement park 3 years earlier. Oh, wow. So with the help of a detective and a psychiatrist who get, it's like a near future sci-fi psychiatry involving lucid dreaming. So entering your own dreams to watch them to see if you can pick up details of the past. Cool. Yeah, it's a really cool sci-fi thriller. It's a fairly standard story. Like you're not going to, the base story is not going to blow your mind. Right. But the addition of that near future sci-fi, the near future psychology, and some of just the the neat little Korean cinema twists in it mm-hmm. made it really quite enjoyable. So that's Lucid Dream. Nice. And that is available on okay. Netflix. Okay, cool. Um, I will try and track that one down, along with all the other movies that I'm trying to track down. <clears throat> uh, my second honorable mention is David Brent, Life on the Road. So... This is just basically a, a long episode of the British office. So it's Ricky Gervais kind of revisiting his character, David Brent, who is the um, the manager of the office, which, you know, is the reason why we have the, the, the uh, American office. But um, it's kind of him in this band, and he's just trying to make it as a rock star. And it's, you know, he goes on this tour of, of the UK and plays these divey bars and, you know, doesn't get a lot of people. And so if you like the British office, it's a really good watch. It's just kind of a, a elongated version of it. If you don't, then this movie is not for you. Um, I really enjoyed it, but it was, like I said, it was just one long episode of the office. So I didn't feel like it, I, I wanted to really rank it in my top 10 because it wasn't, it wasn't anything more than just another, like just Ricky Gervais being super awkward. So, Okay. It was fun. I really enjoyed it, but didn't warrant being in my top ten. Oh, fair enough. So basically, yeah. if, if you're a fan of The Office and you want more David Brent, watch it. Exactly. 
you're not or you don't feel like you need more David Brandt, then don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, like, and that's the thing is if this isn't one that if I haven't seen, if you haven't seen any of the British office, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't watch this movie because you don't really know what's happening. Like you kind of need to have that, that, um, pre-existing knowledge of what happened in the British office in order to, to, to watch this. But at the same time, like people aren't generally going to be just watching a movie with Ricky Gervais. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Anyway. Yes. If you want to watch more office, then watch it. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. On to the real lists. Number 10, Kong Skull Island. Ah, it's on my PVR. I haven't watched it yet because I just, like, same with you, um, I just didn't get a chance to watch some of the ones that I really wanted to before we did this list. Yeah. Um, if we had swapped, I think if we had done uh, movies in review next weekend, or like for next podcast, I think I would have been able to have Sk- Kong Skull Island because I think I PVR'd it yesterday. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I have a few things on my PVR that I'm like, oh, these might have made the bottom of the list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure Skong Skull Island, yeah. Uh, Kong Skull <laughs> Island would have made mine, but um, you liked it that much, eh? Yeah, I did. It's it's not going to blow your mind story-wise. Again, like, it's yeah. it's not trying to reinvent the wheel plot-wise. Um. But what I do appreciate of it is that it's not just repeating the classic King Kong story. Like, there's there's no New okay. York, right? Like, they don't take the monkey right. to or the ape to New York, and he doesn't, like, run amok and ruin his career on Broadway, right? Okay, yeah. And then marry yeah. Marge, and then, like, they have to have the wedding ceremony where he eats the bride and whatever, right? Sure, like, yeah. that, that doesn't yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah, this something, is something different. Yeah, exactly. Plus, huh? Simpsons reference. Right, Don't want to miss exactly. it. <laughs> uh, so, I, I, a... I am really looking forward to it. After you told me that you had seen it, I was really kind of pumped to see it. And that I, I just happened to be flipping through. Oh, because I was looking for... You've seen The Shallows, right? Uh, the, the shark the one? one? With, yeah, with Blake Lively. Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, and I think I, I remember you saying that you enjoyed that one, and so I, I it was on the movie network, and but I it was halfway through, it was like damn it, and so I was trying to find another time that it was on, and I couldn't find one, but I happened to see that Kong Skull Island was on, like hell yeah, I'll, I'll PVR that one. So, um, it is definitely on my list, and I'm I'm saddened that I didn't get it on here soon enough, but you know that's the way it goes. Yep, exactly. Good cast. It's fun. It's a monster movie. It's set in the Vietnam era. It's it's worth it. If you go in not expecting high art and just like giant ape punch and shit, then you're gonna have a good time. So right, I had a good gotcha. time. My number ten, <laughs> Kong Skull Island. Sweet. Um, my number ten is Gerald's Game. Okay. Uh, so you've seen this one, correct? You, I have. I yep. S- okay. Yeah. So hey, we can talk about this one together. Uh, this was so it was based on the Stephen King movie or book. Right. Um, and it Which, stars... have you read? I, I have not. Have you read it? No, I have not. This is one of the ones I haven't read. Okay. So, Like, I, I had heard of it, but kind of forgot that it was a Stephen King thing until I was watching the movie. He's like, oh, yeah, this is Stephen King. But I didn't know anything about it. It was just Shannon and I wanted to watch kind of a suspense horror-type movie. And um, sure. that one looked interesting. So we watched it. So <clears throat> for those of you who are unfamiliar with it, basically the concept is it's a... A couple, um, the guy is, 
late fifties and he's married to Carla Gugino. I think that's how you pronounce her last name anyway. So she's a little bit younger than him, but, um, they end up, uh, they go away to this, this house for a weekend. Like it's a friend's house that they're, that they're using for a weekend to kind of spice up their marriage. And, uh, so he handcuffs her to the, it's uh, it's uh, their house. Is it their house? Yeah. It's hers. That's the lake house. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't even piece that together. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So um, go ahead. Anyway, so they um so she ends up getting handcuffed to the to the four poster bed as part of their their games, and as a result, Gerald dies. I and... well, no, he he dies. I don't think it's because she's oh, handcuffed no, not because to of the that. bed. Sorry, yes, yeah. I do you need a minute? A do, you, do you want a, Do you want a soda? Do you want just take a deep breath and focus. <laughs> so, she handcuffed. I got all distracted by the boathouse or by the lake house, and all of a sudden I was just thinking about that. Like, of course, that makes all the sense in the world. God damn it! How did I not piece that together? So I'm flustered, Sean. Okay, just just deep anyway, breath. She hand. She is handcuffed to the bed. Yes. To the four poster, and then as they're kind of getting into it, Gerald has a heart attack and dies. And so, basically, the rest of the movie is Carla Gugino kind of descending into like it. All, one could argue that she's descending into madness because she starts hallucinating and like she's like there's there's herself and then there's Gerald who is clearly dead, but he is talking to her and like this this projection of herself is talking to her and basically she's trying to find a way to free herself from this secluded house while yeah. being handcuffed to the bed. One of them is her insecurities, and the other is her drive to survive and her confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, it's uh, it's a really interesting movie. Um, kind of a terrifying concept of like, what if that was you, and what yeah. what the things that you would do in order to survive, right? And uh, there's um, there's also a dog. There's a dog. Yeah. And we're not uh, going to get into that too much, but yeah. And a, um, another guy. Yeah. Um, it's. It's pleasantly suspenseful, but not as suspenseful as I was hoping for. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. I found it slow. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, it chugged a little bit in the middle. Yeah, and I hated the ending. Yeah, I didn't. The, the ending was kind of a letdown for sure. Like really? Yeah. I don't want to say anything. You don't want to say anything. It's on Netflix, so if you if y'all are interested in it, do mm-hmm. watch it. It's interesting. Yeah. But. Yeah, so it's 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 okay. It wasn't my favorite movie of the year by any, obviously because it was number ten. But like it was, I'm glad to have seen it. But yeah, yeah. It, there were some disappointing parts of it. And it wasn't as suspenseful and terrifying as I was hoping. So nope, that's fair. Yeah, number ten, Gerald's Game. Cool. My number nine is a little indie film that Dave apparently hasn't seen yet, and that is Star Wars: The Last Jedi. <laughs> I have not. I feel like I need to watch that one with Shannon. We just never, uh, with me being sick and just Christmas being Christmas, we just haven't had a chance to see it yet. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, it's my number nine. I know that's. I, I'm actually very shocked about that. Uh, with you having not seen it, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to explain why. Okay. So the the simplest. Everybody knows what Star Wars: The Last Jedi is. It's a. It's episode 8 it's continuing after the force awakens ray has found luke on his island with porgs 
mm-hmm. and the Kylo is doing stuff. Okay. Fair. Everyone's seen the trailers, right? Yeah. But the highs are incredibly high. Okay. The lows are incredibly low. And it commits a, a storytelling sin for me that is not... It's not something that I cannot forgive, but it's something that I detest. Okay. And it became the centerpiece of a third of the film. Oh, interesting. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay. But I had a lot of fun. Okay. And like I said, the highs, like there are moments in that that are on par with moments in any of the others. Really? But oh boy, does it get bloated. Hmm. So that is, that's my number nine. I'm not going to say anything else because Dave okay. hasn't seen it yet. And it's still super early yet. When Dave sees it, if people want us to do a spoiler cast, we can. So that is Star that, Wars. We did that with the, the other Star, with Rogue One, didn't we? Yes, we did. It yeah. was mid to late January or early February. We did okay. a Rogue One spoiler cast. So we'll try and find a time and maybe Shen and I, I think she's coming down this weekend. So maybe we'll find a time to come to go see it this weekend. But okay, cool. Or maybe I'll just go by myself if she doesn't have the interest. So. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Fair enough. Cool. Um, my number nine is also another Netflix movie. I've got a few Netflix on here. Um, nineteen twenty-two. Okay. Uh, have you seen this one? I have. Okay. So I've just got the the quick little plot on IMDb here. Uh, a simple yet proud farmer in the year 1922 conspires to murder his wife for financial gain, convincing his teenage son to participate. And right. that is that is basically the gist of the movie. Yeah, um, that's, it, that's a great blurb actually. Yeah, it doesn't give anything away because the like even in the trailer you know that they murder the mom because it's less about like the murder and more the aftermath and yeah. just how things kind of go downhill after that. And Oh um, man, do they go downhill. Oh, it is. Oh, man. Between this one and Gerald's Game, I like this one significantly more. Myself as Uh, well. This was, this actually just got bumped out. Is that right? Uh, I watched something super recently that ended up on my list and it got bumped out of my honorable mentions. So this, this one, I definitely agree with you on. It's, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, like the, the cast, I, I mean... I know Molly Parker because she's a Canadian, so I'm rather familiar with her. Sure. Um, she she played um, the widow in Deadwood. If anybody's a Deadwood fan, she played the widow. Um, she was in Men with Brooms. Like she's done a lot of Canadian type stuff, but she's you know she's been around in the states. But it also is Thomas Jane, who was uh, the main guy in Deep Blue Sea, and I totally didn't even recognize him until I just IMD beat it because he's older than he was in. Deep Blue Sea, but like just the the character that he portrays, I didn't even recognize him. He's actually he's a good actor. He really he's done is. a lot he, of random stuff. Yeah, like I'm looking at his at his filmography and going like, okay, he was in Deep Blue Sea, The Thin Red Line, Boogie Nights, The Mist. Yep. Like the guy's done some pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, he was he was hung too, wasn't he? The HBO series. I think you're right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, was it him or was it? Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was him, for sure. So, uh, yeah, it was... I don't know. It's just... It's another one of those, what would you do? Like, the 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 family's fallen on hard times, and the dad loves this farm and just doesn't want to leave the farm. And, and Molly Parker's character, um, I think she's got money. And 
she wants to move back into the city because she kind of hates the farm life. And so, like, I mean, as as the blurb kind of describes, they kill the mom. Or they kill Molly Parker. And it's just like, wow. The things that happen afterward are, are crazy. And it's just, it goes from bad to worse. And it's, uh, whew, it's a good yeah. watch. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I did as well. Sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. quite sad as you keep going. And it's the the trailers kind of sell it to be more horror than it is. Yeah. There's Which some is... there's some creepy stuff or stuff like unsettling maybe is a better mm-hmm. word for it, but it's not the horror movie it's sold as. It's more of a suspense. Yeah, and I kinda. think it, and I mean we watched it because it looked very horror-esque. Right. And so, I mean, and just jumping back, that was also why we went to Mother was because we we saw a trailer for it and went, holy crap, that looks amazing. And it wasn't nearly as horror as I was hoping it was going to be. And yeah. I think that was one of, the, my, one of the reasons why I was let down with it. Anyway, this one, I wasn't let down because I really, I still thoroughly enjoyed it. I just, it wasn't as horrific as I thought it was going to be. That's fair. Yeah. But anyway, very, very good movie. Definitely worth the watch. And it was also a Netflix, so... Uh, 1922. Speaking of Netflix, mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, my number eight. They're good. They're churning out a lot of good stuff. They really do. Well, and they also pick up a lot of festival stuff. Right. Okay. Like they'll they'll grab things out of a festival, and that will become a Netflix original. It will be a, a good indie festival film. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which I believe is the case with my number eight, which is I don't feel at home in this world anymore. I don't feel at home in this world anymore? Yes. Okay. And that's Netflix? Okay. Yes. What is it? It's by... I'm not sure if it's Macon or Mason Blair is the writer-director. He works with Jeremy Saulnier a lot. Uh, He did Green Room and Blue Ruin. Okay, yeah. Uh, It's his writing and directing. And it's about a depressed woman who is burgled, essentially. So she finds kind of a new sense of self and a new purpose in tracking down her stuff. Huh. Uh, Alongside her kind of strange but sweet neighbor who is played by Elijah Wood. Really? Yeah. The main actress is Melanie Linsky. I don't know if you recognize the name, but uh, she was the other half of Heavenly Creatures. Okay. Kate Winslet and Melanie Linsky. Oh, okay. Uh, She's also done... She's done a few other oh, things Oh, yeah, well. yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. But you definitely know who she is. Yeah. Sadly, um, I know the, the thing I know her the most from, and I've, I know I've seen her in other things, but she played the, the like, stalker neighbor in Two and a Half Men when Charlie Sheen was on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was yeah. Rose. Yeah, Rose, that's her name, yeah. Uh, Not really the highlight of her career as far as I concerned certainly not it's a good paycheck network paychecks are dope so that helps well and i just happen to remember her because that was kind of the first time i'd seen her and like other things that she's been in has not been quite as like not a major character role but i definitely know her her to see her and eventually they find themselves in a situation that they are totally not prepared for okay and i don't really want to say anything other than that um if you know anything about making or mason blair's work it's funny it's usually set in kind of like rundown americana like okay. old towns suburbs that sort of stuff 
Okay. Uh, and it's surprisingly gorily violent for oh. in bursts. Like, all of a sudden, that guy doesn't have a hand anymore because shotgun. <laughs> That's kind of what Blair's work's like. Oh, okay then. Uh, I loved it. It's a great character piece. It was really enjoyable. Netflix original, so everybody can check it out whenever they feel like. That is the nice thing about Netflix originals is is that everybody, um, like, it's accessible to anywhere that has Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that is, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. All right. Uh, Speaking of Netflix, (laughs) my number eight, I think, I think... That's my last one from Netflix. So uh, my number eight is Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond. Okay. So this is my first documentary, but not my last documentary on this list. Um, Fair. This one was really interesting. Uh, So for those of you who aren't familiar with it, I saw a trailer for it and immediately put it on my my watch list. So it is um, footage of Jim Carrey when they were filming Man on the Moon, playing, like, he basically, once he got cast in that role, he became Andy Kaufman and did not leave the Andy Kaufman character until he, until they finished filming the movie. Yeah, Um, method. Yeah, like, extreme method. Like, you know, very much like um, Daniel Day-Lewis when he did Lincoln and stuff like that. Like, he was, he was all in. Which right. I, is kind of interesting, and one of the first things that they that they say in the in the trailer. So not only is do you is it found like all this quote unquote lost footage, but it's there's also Jim Carrey being interviewed now, and right. like Jim Carrey, I love the guy, and he's done some of my favorite all time movies, but he's gone a little off the deep end. Yeah, a little um, bit. And so you know, it's it's him kind of talking nowadays, but also him like all this all this footage from from the mid nineties when they were doing a man on the moon and, and basically one of the things that they said was, uh, I can't remember who filmed that movie, but this, this, the production company didn't want to let any of this behind the scenes footage out because it made, they didn't want everybody to think that Jim Carrey was an asshole because right. there were points where he was extremely difficult to work with on set because he was playing Andy Kaufman or he was playing Andy Kaufman who was then playing, um, Ah, uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Bob Azuma played the played him too. Um, uh, I can see him ego. in his stupid suit, but I can't. Right? Oh God! It's, uh, anyway, uh, it'll come to me when we're halfway through another conversation. But yeah, yeah, as they like, he played this guy, and so it was like almost like a, a an actor playing an actor playing another person, and and it was just it was very interesting to see this. And just see how awful it was for some of the people on the set. And, like, Milos Foreman had to go over and, like, he would say, I need Andy, can we talk? And, like, he would say to Jim, I need to talk to you, Andy. And that was the sort of method that it was. And it just it looked like yeah. it was really difficult for a lot of people. But at the same time, I mean, look at what the the final product was. That was a phenomenal movie. Yeah, he I was brilliant in that. Yeah. So I, Great I understand. Great song, too. Oh yeah, unbelievable song. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if if you're interested, if you love the movie Man on the Moon, and if you're interested in kind of Jim Carrey, then I would definitely recommend you watching this this documentary because it just kind of gives you an insight as to what was going on back then. Cool. So yeah, my number eight, Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond. 
uh, it is on my watch list. I just didn't have a chance to get to it. Fair enough. My number seven is higher on Dave's list. So <laughs> back to you, Dave. Hooray! Just give me one second. Jim and Andy, because it's driving me crazy, featuring, featuring a Tony Clifton. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Ah, damn it. Okay. Um, my number seven is Beauty and the Beast. All right. The live action Beauty and the Beast, starring Emma Watson and uh, Kevin Klein, and um, and then a bunch of people doing voices like um, Ian McKellen and and um, what is her name? Oh God, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Just a lot of famous people doing voices. <laughs> uh, you know, like Josh Gad's in it Emma too. Emma Thompson. And yeah. Emma yeah, Thompson's Emma Thompson, in it. That's what I was thinking and. You might yeah. want to mention the guy who plays the Beast at some point. That'd be cool. Yeah, I guess I could. I don't. Do you remember Dan what... Stevens? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I also saw this. It was on my short list. It just didn't make the top twelve. Um. Yeah. It Audra was... McDonald is also in it. She plays the the armor. Oh yeah, yeah. She's great. Oh man. Oh, oh and, yeah. Um... Queen of Broadway. <laughs> She's oh, yeah, awesome. Fair. Yeah, and um. Oh, God. I, I want to say Tony Shalhoub, but it wasn't. It's the other Italian guy from Big Night. God, my my brain for, for names right now is just awful. I mean, full disclosure, I just started classes again today, so I'm I'm in, like, oh, teaching I'm, mode. I'm sure that's going well with this. Is. Take Shut your, uh, your, uh, God, what is the brush? Yeah, yeah, take the brush and, uh... <laughs> Stanley Tucci, that's who I was trying to think of. He plays the... Yeah. the the uh, not the piano but i guess the anyway harpsichord <laughs> no that's yep yeah, yeah doing great i'm doing really great you guys anyway beauty and the beast it's a fun movie it's it's very well done um we did a trailer react to it months yeah. and months ago and kind of talked about how ver- a lot of it is kind of shot for shot with the animated one and it is there's a lot of things that are that parallel the original beauty and the beast that came out in the 90s and it was very fun i really enjoyed it yeah it was a lot of fun i think they did they did an amazing job with be our guest i agree like yeah. the ewan mcgregor's be our guest is special like the way they put that together wow yeah and that's, and that's kinda, yeah it's very busby berkeley so very Bus- busby yeah. berkeley and I know that reference now. I don't know yes, if I've seen the Busby Berkeley movie yet, but I know we've talked about him and like the like the top shot of the of the ball and like the dance and everybody dancing in unison and just like the very well the perfectly choreographed dances and everything. Like everything about yep. there's a lot of Busby Busby Berkeley in that movie, and I, I thought about that as I was watching it. It um, made me quite happy. Yeah, which I mean, it's a nice throwback. It's a nice throwback to both. The original animated one, but also a throwback to, like, classic musicals, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the beauty about the the live actions. I mean, they're doing a, a quote-unquote live-action Lion King, which I have a little bit of an issue with, because technically you can't do live-action if they're all animals, unless you're, like, legitimately having lion, trained lions do things, but I'm, like... I understand that it's going to be more like a, a jungle book where you, all the animals are CG and they look really cool, but it's like that if there's no people, how can you call that live action? Anyway. Yeah, that, but still, I, that, that said, are you not excited for that upcoming Lion King? I am. That pumped. cast. Right. My God. 
Well, and that's the cool thing is like we've done. They did it with the Jungle Book. They've done it with Beauty and the Beast. They've done it with The Lion King. So now we're kind of taking these classic Disney movies that are so good and turning yeah. them into. And I mean, they've done it like seven times with Peter Pan. But um, yeah, well, like there's some really cool stories that have been done by Disney that they're now redoing. And The Lion King, I think, is going to be fantastic. So I'm excited for it. It's just it's weird that they're calling it live action. Anyway, yeah, fair enough. Digression aside. The live-action Beauty and the Beast, you could do things like Be Our Guest, which you could kind of do. It's just not as magical or special, as you said, as in the in the animated one as it is here because it looks like these are actually, like, this is actually silverware. This is actually plates that are dancing. Like, it was just very, very cool. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I um, loved the uh, Luke Evans-Josh Gad relationship. Oh, my God. It was so good. Their little ad-libs... Yeah, and just ah, oh. it was so Josh good. Josh Gad it, was the perfect person for that character. Yeah, he really he was. was. LeFou, right? that's his name, LeFou. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, I can't think of. It's funny when you when you think about like, was it Tom Selleck who was up for, or like, um, um, I think Tom Selleck was up for Indiana Jones, wasn't he? I think or Richard so, yeah. Dreyfus was. Richard anyway, Dreyfus was like, as well. Yeah, these these guys who it's like. Can you imagine if it was anybody but Harrison Ford? It's so hard to wrap your mind around it. And I feel the same way about Josh Gad as LeFou. I just can't imagine anybody else doing that because he was just so good. Yeah, it was. So, oh, that was so lovely. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I saw it in the theaters. And then uh, my niece got it for Christmas. So I watched it on Christmas morning with her. And I was just like, oh, man, it's so good. I'm really glad that I've seen it a few times now. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. So number seven, Beauty and the Beast. Awesome. Mm-hmm. My number six, I do get to talk about because it is Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that one yet, but I've heard amazing things oh, about Dave, it. Oh, Dave, you really do need to see Wonder Woman. It's easily the best DC movie since the Dark Knight trilogy. Okay. And it's not really close. It just kicks everything else's ass, hey? Oh, yeah. It's it's different. The It would be higher if the villain was better. Oh, okay. I'll just leave it at that because you haven't seen it. Like, the sure. villain's just kind of like, oh, okay. But right. they did Wonder Woman very well. Cool. Gal Gadot is a fantastic Diana Prince. Chris Pine is Chris Pine. So sure. Yeah. Come on. Robin Wright's awesome. They did Thermiscria fantastically. The production design is gorgeous. Setting it in World War One was brilliant because it allowed mm-hmm. so much to be different and so much to change. Sure, yeah. Uh, the fighting is great. DC movies are typically pretty good in the combat. Like, if there's one thing they do okay, other than in Suicide Squad, it's the action. Okay. Uh, and Wonder Woman being the best fighter in the universe, they they actually did that. So nice. I appreciated it. Cool. Good for that. So, and, I've, like, and I've heard great things like my... Uh, Shannon loved it, and I think my sister took my, nie- or my niece to it because... Like, she is a strong female role model. Yep. And, like, and it's done well, and she's, like, it's cool that, yes, she's a princess, but she's a princess who kicks ass. So I just, I dig that, and it's like, why not have more female role models like that? 
you know, they don't all have to be frilly princesses. And yeah, it's it's fun to have Disney stories that have happy endings and, you know, a damsel in distress or something. But it's also nice to have the Braves and the Wonder Womans and the stuff like that where it's like, you know what? You don't just have to, you don't have to sit back. You can do this on your own and you can be the toughest one on the screen. Yeah, and she and is the entire time. Uh, nice. For the most part. Oh, sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those ones like I, I, I mean, it's... <laughs> Historically, we have found that I I do not go into comic book movies all the time, right? But I do really want to see this one, and I'm getting this... better, and I'm I'm seeing more. It's just they're not as high on my list of priorities as others. But this one is like when it comes out on the movie network, I will be I will be watching it for sure. So my number six, Wonder Woman. Cool. My number six is T two Train Spotting. Cool. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, it was nice to revisit those characters twenty years later. Yeah, it was. Um, I thought the it was interesting that they kind of fell back in. I, I don't want to spoil anything because if you haven't seen it and you really love train spotting, I don't want to give anything away. But like, oh, I've I seen mean, it. It's, sorry, I meant you as in the the listeners. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, because yes. I don't know that we did. We talk about me seeing it. I can't remember. That's why. I, but anyway, oh, yeah, yeah go on. We uh, I think we talked about it before we started recording. Yes. Okay. Um, anyway, it's just like, for those who haven't seen it and are fans of the movie, uh, like of the original movie, I don't want to, to give anything away, but like... Totally fair. They they get into... They fall into old habits, as it were, I guess. And it's just interesting to see that, how those old habits and how they, you know, how things kind of evolve and change for people who are now in their 40s and not in their late teens or early 20s. And it's just like... Um, just kind of the the lives that they've chosen and the the choices that they've made that have led them to this this point. And like for anybody who has seen the original, there are people who still hold a grudge over rent and leaving with the money. Yep. And that is nothing new. Like I mean, if your supposed best friend walked out with what was it like fifty thousand pounds or something like that, um, and you didn't get your cut. I'd be pretty steamed too, especially after we did this this job together. So people are pretty steamed, and it's just interesting to see how they interact with each other and what comes of it. So um, it was it was really good. It wasn't. I don't think it was as. I don't think it's as good as Train Spotting because Train Spotting was revolutionary. Yeah, but it was still enjoyable and just nice yeah. to see those guys again. I just. I wish. I don't know what I went in expecting, mm. but. It just kind of was, and then it was over. Sure. Okay, cool. It was nice to see them again, but I never, I didn't feel anything like I did with the first one. Sure. Other than like, oh man, poor Spud. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I will agree with that. Like, and that was the thing is it wasn't like, you know, when the the baby dies in the original train spotting or when Tommy dies, it's just like, those are really hard moments to watch. And there was no really hard moment in this movie no it was just kind of like oh big b's still a dick yeah cool it was all right less of the human aspect and more of just the scheming and the human aspect is what makes train spotting so universally accepted is because you you can see yourself in somebody right yeah i mean exactly i'm not a heroin addict so i don't see that part but like you know, you see parts of you in Renton or or Begbie or Sick Boy or or Spud, and you don't. There's not quite that connection in this in this film. But 
Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was cool to see them, but you know that's that's why it's my number six is because it wasn't. If it was as good as Train Spotting, it might have been fighting for number one. But as yeah. as it stands, it you know, <laughs> if I'd seen more movies, maybe it wouldn't be in there at all. But it's just. Yeah, it is know, what it is. Seen thirteen, it was going to be in there somewhere. It's just it's not that high. So yeah, it was good, just not not the best. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, this first half is always so much longer because of those honorable mentions. Right. Well, I'm we like, had a oh, bunch man. of pre pre rambling and yeah. So <laughs> what? I know, shocking. That never yeah. happens. <laughs> All right. So the second half of our top ten films of 2017 is brought to you by Pickles the Cat Clown. Are you throwing a party or event for your cat? Is your corporate retreat needing a boost of excitement? Pickles can offer you a refreshing and new performance, including balloon work, acrobatics, trained mice, new for 2018, and hilarious one-of-a-kind naps. That's Pickles the Cat Clown. And we're back, and since Sean went first, I'm going to throw it right back to him. Awesome! My number five is higher on Dave's list. Dave? (laughs) So it's my turn. Yes. Sweet. But we get to talk about the one that was number seven on Sean's list before, because my number five, which is Sean's number seven, is Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2. Yeah! This is one of my most recent watches. I think I watched it... Um... Oh, God, it was over the Christmas break for sure. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, this might be the most recent m- movie on my 2017 list. And, man, was it fun. Yeah, it was. It was... It's like a hangout movie. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Like, yes, it still has the Marvel formula. Yes, there's a villain, etc. But most of the movie is just the Guardians kind of hanging out and having interior group conflict and... Yeah, solving and stuff really and talking. Of, yeah, and just kind of showing what the the effects of like you know they they get along really well, but Rocket is feeling underloved and and he just he just wants to be appreciated and Groot's like God. three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Groot, baby Groot, is so goddamn cute. Yeah. So that's fun, um, but. My God, is Dave Bautista as Drax, did he ever come into his own in this movie? Yeah. Like, it was one of those things where I feel like they they discovered what they had in him and his, like, the, the delivery is so good. And he just, he had me howling a couple different times. Like, he just had these one, one-off comments that I was just like, my God, that is hilarious. And, like, almost had to pause the movie because I was... I, I, I miss things because I was laughing too hard. And that's that's the sign of a fun movie. Yeah. Well, they really doubled down on the parts of his character that everyone connected to in the first one. Mm-hmm. And allowed that part of Drax to come out as he became more comfortable and as best as he can friendly with the rest of them. Like, he's kind sure. of letting... That's Drax letting his hair down, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like just these little comments to, I can't remember the the character's name, but the the one who's like the snail. Oh, Mantis. Um, yeah, yeah, Mantis. Yeah, yeah. Just the little comments, the 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 
undercutting comments that he would make to her, but, like, they weren't supposed to be rude, but they were rude, but it was just, oh my god, I just laughed so hard. Yeah, no, um, like, it, it was very enjoyable. I liked the the weird gold people who are kind of Cree, but not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With their, yeah. with their d- drone ships. Yeah, they were, uh... A nice addition, kind of like the, the, well, because it was the, like, there was the, um, it was basically uh, the Guardians against Yondu in the first one, really. Yeah. And, but, then the, and then Ronan the Accuser. Yeah, yeah, right. he kind of came in right towards the end, whereas, but they also had the, like, the, um, like, what was, the, like, the John C. Riley character and... Nova. And Glenn Close, the... That's the Nova Corps. That's the Nova Nova Corps. Yeah. So they were kind of like, they kind of came in towards the end as kind of that third part of the the machine. And that was kind of those, those yellow people was the same. Like it wasn't, they weren't the major part, but they were still responsible for helping drive the story. And I really appreciated that. I was a bit surprised they didn't expand the Nova Corps side of it at all. Like I get they, they they really wanted to drill down into the Peter Quill backstory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just thought. Like, why have John C. Riley stepping towards being Nova, like the superhero yeah. Nova, and then not even address it at all? Not like it bothered me. Like, it made my it was my number seven film of the year, so like sure. I still had a great time. I was just like, huh, mm-hmm. kind of would have liked to have uh, seen more of that. So I'm hoping that maybe in the third one you'll see a little bit more of it. Like, you know, that was just th- there was things happening there, but you don't necessarily see it until yeah, but in, the third like Infinity one. War. Yeah. Well, like, Infinity War's next, and Guardians are in Infinity War. Okay, so Infinity War, that's the one where it's, like, the whole Marvel Universe coming together, right? To fight Thanos, yeah. Right, okay. Interesting. I feel like that's going to be really fun, and, like, that one I'll definitely definitely see. You need to catch up. Oh, goddammit. Okay. Goals for 2018. Wait, is Infinity War this year? Yes. Oh, for... Okay. May. So goals for the first half of 2018. Watch you don't even all the have the first movies. half. It's May. It comes Shut out. Shut up, really? Yeah, May 5th, May 6th, God May 4th, it. something in there. Infinity War is the like the second Marvel movie of the year. Because Black Panther is February. It is, yeah. Which okay. I am so stupidly excited about. It looks really good. But that's that's for next week. Yeah. Spoiler alert for a podcast we haven't even recorded yet. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Did you like this one better than the original? No. Guardians? No, and I didn't either. Like, I, I still thought the first one was better, but as far as the sequels on my list, this one and Transpotting, this one ranked higher because I thought it was a better sequel than T2 was. Oh, yeah. I'd agree yeah. with that. The yeah, I loved so. the the opening credits, too, where it's just, like, them fighting that pan-dimensional beast, and it's yeah. just Baby Groot, like, jamming out with the credits. Yeah. It's it's really fun, um, yeah. It's a it's just a it was a very well crafted movie, and you got to see more of the characters that you really like. And I like that you get um, uh, you get to see kind of more of the you get to learn more of the reason why Gamora and her sister do not get along. Yes. Um, and so you kind of got to flesh out that little um, that little part of the family history and the history of those characters. Like you get more backstory of the characters now. Yeah, no, which is was, really nice. I really appreciated that. Yeah, it was yeah. very much a character piece around a Marvel movie, which was mm-hmm. strange, mm-hmm. but it worked. So, well, because 
you don't have time for backstory really in the original because you have like it's one thing if you're doing Wolverine origins or like an origin story of one character but when you have Rocket and Groot and Gamora and Peter Quill like it's really hard to do origins of all of them so you get to kind of flesh it out a little bit more in the second episode and yeah. I kind of dig that so anyway I, I really enjoyed it and very much looking forward to more of them so yeah, yeah Guardians of the Galaxy part two is my number five and my number seven and Charles number seven. My number four, B-A-B-Y, Baby Driver. Oh, another one that I haven't seen yet, but I want to so badly. The first hour of this movie would have been number one. Oh, really? It's, it slows down a bit in the second half. Plus, there's the Kevin Spacey awkwardness. Because sure. he's, he's in it, like, he's important-ish, but, like, he's not the main character. Right. And the story doesn't revolve around him. But regardless... Baby Driver is brilliant. It, I mean, I remember when we talked about it a year ago, how much we were, like, you kind of talked about it, and I didn't know a lot about it, but it's Edgar Wright, so yes. how can it be bad? And the, then I saw trailers for it and just went, holy crap, that movie looks amazing. It is the movie that Edgar Wright has wanted to make for 20 years. And is he that finally, right? Yeah, and he finally went out and made it. There is such a discrepancy in how much I loved the movies from my in my first half to second half like yeah. the one we're going to talk about is kind of where it, it shifts into higher gear okay Cause like in other years there is a like baby driver would also be in conversation for top three. Oh, okay like it's it, it the the first hour is so good Interesting. The, the music the car work everything is synchronized to music and it's character mm-hmm. based it has to be mm-hmm. for the character the right, gunfight, yeah. like the gunfights, the bullets are synchronized to music. Every like it's a it's a concert of a movie, and it's a cool. it's a heist thriller. Nice, huh? Yeah, it's one of those ones like I missed it in the theater, and I don't know if it's on the movie network or anything. So it's, I, it's not. I rented it. Did you? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I also like missed it in theater. Yeah. It. Oh man. Yeah, which is kind of because I feel like it was one of those ones that was in and out so quickly that I didn't even have a chance to to get to it it was especially like, around here it was like two weeks because i was yeah. like oh i'll go see it and then it was already gone <laughs> like, yeah well, and so it's just like okay well i guess i'm waiting and but everybody who i've talked to loved it it's so it's so good nice the th- and the reason i say the first hour like the first hour is so breakneck amazing it there's almost right. no way it could have kept like it would have oh. been fighting with in Mad Max territory in my top films of all time, if it could have kept that pace. Right. But essentially okay. what happens is it becomes much more of a standard thriller, but still hyper-stylized. So it's just like, oh, okay, okay, that's cool. And it's still a great time, but it just it doesn't nail the, like, Sean's top ten ever pace okay. that it started with. Right. Because in the first, like, half an hour, I was like, holy fuck. This is one of the best movies I've ever seen. And then really? it sl- and then it starts slowly tapering. The style oh, okay. the style music, you know me in music, obviously. Yeah. Like I do music all the time. I was a DJ, did sound design, all that other stuff. Like this is one of the best sound designs in a movie ever made. Cool. <laughs> it's so cool. It's just the story becomes rather rote. 
at a certain point, but that's not what it's about. It's just if they had been able to keep a crazy story together without lapsing into the standard heist tropes, this would mm-hmm. be, yeah. Interesting. But it's brilliant. It's great. I love the movie. Okay. Baby Driver, cool. my number four. All right. Uh, my number four is Let's Play 2. It's the Pearl Jam documentary about them playing at Wrigley Field. That kind of coincides with the Cubs winning their first World Series in 100-plus years. We talked about it a couple months ago on the What We're Up To podcast. Um, it's it's a really cool documentary if you're a Pearl Jam fan or if you're a baseball fan. But if you're a Pearl Jam and baseball fan, it's a very good documentary. So um, it was made for Dave. It, absolutely. It was, it was a movie. Like, even in the Pearl Jam forums that I follow, there are some people who are like, I don't care about baseball, but the Pearl Jam part was great. And then there are some people who are like, I don't care about the Cubs, but I still liked it because, you know, who doesn't love that story of the Cubs? So um, it was cool and, like... I got to see, you know, it was, I saw it in the theater and I got to see it as, as, you know, I missed the shows in Wrigley Field, so I didn't get to see those. So being able to see some of the songs in their entirety instead of just little snippets was really cool. So there was like a dozen of us in the theater and I was sitting there singing along with every song because I felt like I was kind of at a concert. So it was cool. Um, definitely worth watching. Like I said, if you're into one or the other, but if you're into both, then, then check it out. But I mean, it's it's a documentary about Pearl Jam and the Cubs, so I don't know what else I can tell you. <laughs> I mean, if the only way that could have been more for you is if it was the Red Sox, right? Exactly. If it was, and I if mean, Eddie was done... a Sox fan instead of yeah. a Cubs fan, this right, would have been exactly. amazing. But at the same time, you love baseball and you love Pearl Jam. Yeah, yeah. So like, had because they played at Fenway that same summer. They played Fenway Park and like they did a stadium tour, but the let's play let's play two was an Ernie Banksism and Eddie's a Cubs fan, so it made sense that it was all about that. But exactly, if it was about the Red Sox, it would have been my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe not, but I'm also not necessarily joking. No, it would have been so. Yeah. Anyway, let's play two. My number four. Cool. Mm-hmm. My number three is the highest horror movie on my list. Okay. And it is Get Out. Really? Yeah. It is a horror movie for horror movie fans. Sorry? It's a horror movie for horror movie fans, but it's also a social thriller, and it deals with racism, and it deals with so many different things, but it it lifts so many ideas from... Because Jordan Peele, the writer-director, is a horror fiend. Is he? Oh, yeah. Loves horror. Absolutely loves it and has there are so many references peppered throughout this, but that's mm-hmm. not what the movie's about. At its heart, it is a great social thriller and horror movie. Okay. Um I mean it's one of those ones I remember seeing a trailer for it and just thinking, Oh my god, this movie looks phenomenal and still have yet to see it. Oh um, it was on the yeah. movie network, which means it should be on demand for you. Okay. Okay, good to know. Because it was like every again, it's like Baby Driver. Everybody I've talked to has absolutely loved it. It's um, it is. I think I amazing. Yeah, I think I put a, a preview on because I think I saw a trailer for it just over a year ago and commented like, "Hey, this movie looks amazing." And I had a bunch of friends who who had who saw the same trailer and said, "Yeah, let's let's see that." And then I saw it on Facebook just this last year and went, "Okay." 
anybody who like tagged all the friends who had commented on it and said, I haven't seen this yet. Have you guys? And everybody who had seen it said, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So it's one of those ones. Like I am desperate to see this one. God, it's... like so far your, your four and your three are both movies that I just, I need to be able to see at some point. And will like, it's, it will happen for sure. It's so good. Like, ah, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's, it's my favorite horror movie of the year. Um, the one that we're about to talk about, which was also my number five, like it's close, but okay. I just, I love the way that this one, like I was talking about, I love when there are inside references for people, but if you don't get them, it still works on every level. Which is like, oh, okay. I see something and I'm like, that's from this movie and nobody else has seen that movie. <laughs> but right. then you listen to an interview with Jordan Peele and he's like, yeah, this is a reference to this. And I'm like, yeah. Exactly. And nobody else got it. And the few people who did are like, oh, man, that's amazing. I love so the way like, this does it, that. It's like Shaun of the Dead for zombie movies where it's like you know every reference that Edgar Wright is making. Yep. And even if, like, me who hasn't seen all the zombie movies, even if I don't know all those references, I'm still loving the movie because it's it stands alone unto itself even without getting the references yes exactly and i would be amazed if there are not more movies that make references to get out based on what is it that does. right hey yeah hmm. and it i don't seems like, very I, impactful that way i just i don't want to make any references to it because i don't want to spoil anything for okay. you but for anyone who has seen it shout out to rod rod is my hero <laughs> okay that's all I'm going to say. My number three cool. is Get Out. Yeah, it's definitely on demand, so I will definitely check that out. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Sean alluded to it. It was his number five. It is the highest horror movie on my list. I was... I mean, it had to be in my top three. I was surprised that it... I mean, I'm surprised at myself, I guess. It's it. Yeah. There was a possibility when the trailer came out months ago that it was going to be my favorite movie of the year, but there's been a couple that kind of took its place. But my God, I loved this movie. Yeah, me too. I thought it was... What a great reinterpretation of the book. I'm so glad they didn't try and remake the the miniseries. I agree. And I've had the conversation with a few different people who have... who didn't care for the this movie because like oh it wasn't like the it wasn't like the original I'm like no that's why I loved it yeah it's because it a it seemed like it was closer to the book but also it wasn't a copycat it wasn't a carbon copy it was like it was Bill Skarsgård choosing making his own choices and not trying to mimic Tim Curry it was him making his own choices and choices that I really really liked plus it was it had a like not a stand by me but it had a like a stand by me or mm-hmm. stranger things mm-hmm. feel with the kids yeah right like you it was funnier than i was expecting absolutely yeah and, and i mean yeah like the the performances from all the kids were amazing i thought yes. that they were all very very good um but yeah like it kind of had that there was there was a more of a sense of camaraderie in this one than there was in the miniseries for sure definitely yeah um, and like just watching this makes me more excited for the the sequel because I know that was the concern like even coming into this before it came out you and I both had the conversation like okay if this one sucks then the sequel is going to be or the part two I guess because it's still the same story yeah but chapter two I think they're calling it sure 
am I going to want to see chapter two if the first one sucks? Well, the first one didn't suck, and I really, really want to see chapter two now. Yeah. And I have to wait a year and a half, God damn it. Yes, you do. But it's worth it. If it's going to be another movie of this caliber, it'll be worth the wait. I would imagine it's going to be. Right? Like, I, I can't imagine that after the success that this one had that they're going to change much. They know what worked. They know what... You know how to how to please the audience, and they know what made what what people liked. So, um, I expect that the the sequel, the second part, will be just as good. Yeah. So that makes me excited. Uh, um, it comes out on Blu-ray and on demand and stuff. It came out this week, actually. Did it? As of our recording, okay. this comes out tomorrow. So Great. I will feel more comfortable with spoilers at that point because I know there's yeah. a, a good chunk of people who prefer to watch horror movies away from screaming teenagers. Sure. So which I, I don't begrudge. So yeah, exactly. So we're we're getting closer to where we'll be able to have like a good solid on podcast conversation if people would like that. Yeah, we could definitely do a spoiler cast on it. We're yeah. not able to do trailer reacts anymore because of me moving, but we can definitely do more spoiler casts. Yes, definitely. Which, we are, which is kind of totally fun. In. So so yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, my number three, it, and that was also my number five. Mm-hmm. My number two is almost cheating, but it's not. Okay. Because this is an awards window film from the last Oscars, but it didn't come okay. out until the 6th of January. <laughs> okay. And it's Hidden Figures. That's the the one of the the women who worked for NASA. Yeah, uh, the team of female African American mathematicians who served a yep. vital role in the early years of the space program, with Taraji B. Henson, Taraji P. Henson, Octavia Spencer, Janelle Monae, Mahershala Ali's in it. Okay, because yeah. he had an amazing year last year with with yeah. Moonlight and Luke Cage and like my God. <laughs> Seriously, it's awesome. I love that movie. It is one of the few movies I watched last year where when it ended, I was like, man, that could have been longer. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I wish they had had more time because they really, Hidden Figures really focused on Catherine G. Johnson, who was an excellent mathematician who helped do a lot of the re-entry vectors on the the John Glenn missions and that sort of stuff. Like that's what she did. And it really- right focused in on her whereas we could have spent more time with her two friends which was Dorothy Vaughn Dorothy Vaughn who started she became one of the earliest best programmers of computers of the era like punch card programmers oh yeah 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 uh and also Mary Jackson who I think was not just the first African-American woman but the first woman to work as an aeronautics engineer at NASA Cool. So, like, we got little bits of the other two women, but we mostly focused on Catherine G. Johnson, which was wonderful. Right. But I could have been like, yeah, if I got another 20 minutes and got more Mary Jackson, I'm in. Right. Yeah. Interesting. But, yeah. So, cool. I loved it. It was, I believe it's on Netflix in Canada. Because oh, I think that's how I saw it. Um, uh, okay. But yeah, so look forward to next year when I can talk about some movies from this year's Oscars <laughs> that came out during the award window, but came out late enough that I can talk about them. Great. Well, maybe I'll try and get to some of those too, because, you know, why not? Yeah, exactly. So that's my number two, Hidden Figures. 
Great. Uh, my number two is the last documentary on my list. It is Long Time Running, another band documentary, but this one is about the final tour that the Tragically Hip did in Canada, and it kind of talks about Gord Downey, the lead singer's brain cancer, and why they did this tour, right. and how hard it was for them to do the tour because of his brain cancer, and his memory was just shot, but he just, like, it was a, a, a farewell to the fans that have been so good to them and they've been so good to the fans and um, just kind of chronicle the beginning of it to the end of it. And, oh my God, I was, I saw this one in the theater as well. I saw it the week before I saw Let's Play 2 and this one just crushed me. Uh, and then, I mean, I also feel like it's probably this high on my list because Gore Downey passed away a couple months ago and so that's still pretty fresh and so this sure. is a nice reminder of what they've done and like, I still haven't, it's weird. I still haven't really come to terms with the fact that he died because he's not somebody I knew personally, but I saw him a dozen times. And as a result, like, it's just weird to think that there's no more music from him and really sad. But yeah. at the same time, it's just like watching this documentary and just knowing what they were able to do for me was very cool. And uh, yeah, so this... This documentary is really good. Even if you're not necessarily the biggest Tragically Hip fan, it's a really interesting documentary and just kind of like the the will of people who, you know, just those... It's that last push just to kind of say thank you to the people that have been supporting you for the last 30 years. So it was a very well-done documentary, very hard to watch, but very, very good. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, my number two, Long Time Running. We're starting to do that. We're learning mm-hmm. to, to end. That way we know when to move on. Yeah. Well, plus that way it's if people forget, don't know, the, you know, if they miss the title first, it's like, oh, Dave just talked about this movie for three minutes that I'm really, in, that sounds really interesting. But now I have to rewind to figure out what the title is. So it's nice to bookend it. Yeah. 201 mm-hmm. episodes. We're getting it. <laughs> We're getting it. That's going to be our new slogan. <laughs> the guys from podcast. We'll get there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, my number one movie of 2017 is Logan. Really? Yes. Interesting, because I heard a lot of people who didn't care for that one. They're wrong. (laughs) Okay, all right. (laughs) I think that one's on Netflix. Uh, I think so, yeah. Okay. It's about, it's Old Man Logan, essentially, Mm -hmm. taking care of Charles Xavier, yeah. And then a young mutant arrives pursued by the Reavers. Or Reapers. One of the two. I can't I can okay. never remember. I don't even know if they said it. It's just from the lore. Right, right. Okay. It is I think here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think the people who don't like it, I can understand. Okay. Because this isn't a typical superhero movie. Insofar as it's not so much about being a superhero, it's about what makes them human. Right. This humanizes and changes and ends because this isn't this isn't in the Days of Future Past timeline, right? This is in a separate timeline of the X-Men movies, like the Wolverine oh, Origins okay. and Wolverine. Yeah. It's in that timeline. So I think some people were also thinking that Logan was an R-rated Wolverine movie set in that future past, like, the reboot apocalypse stuff. Right, right, okay. That's not this. This is ending the Wolverine saga. Ah, 
Okay. So, like, I can understand if somebody went into this and, like, oh, man, I'm going to get, like, a fun, crazy, Brian Singer-style X-Men movie, they're going to be horrified and probably disappointed. Right. So maybe those are probably the people who didn't care for it or the ones who... Yeah, because I know there's people who go into movies like that thinking, oh, this is... And I'm trying to think of other examples, and I know I can think of them when we're not recording, but, like, people who go into a movie expecting this and getting something else instead. Yes. Right? And that is going to be cause for disappointment. Okay, that's good to know. It's it's not another X-Men movie. It's the end of the Wolverine arc, and it's right. when he's older, and it humanizes them, and it's set in a world where mutants are basically gone. Oh, interesting. And it's dark. It's R-rated, which means this is the first time you get to see Wolverine be, like, comic book-style violent Wolverine. Right. Like, you haven't seen... In all the other ones, it's just like, oh, they're fighting, and there's, like, some cuts and stuff. If you want to see him put his adamantium claws through a guy's face, he does that. That's what this is. This takes the X-Men mythos, and it combines it with the Western. Oh, gotcha. This is this is like the man with no name gunslinger style, but it's Logan Great. taking care of a, a little girl. Amazing. Okay. And an old man. Like that's that's what this is. So again, when I said that people who didn't like it are wrong, I think the reason that they probably didn't like it, and maybe you didn't like it because you're like, oh, plot holes or something. It's a superhero movie. There's plot holes, whatever. Right. But if they went in going and thinking that they're getting X-Men Apocalypse again... You're not, and you're going to be okay. sorely disappointed. This is slower. This has got a Western pacing. This has got this is more of a drama set in this world, and it humanizes them, and it gives them an actual story. Cool. Okay, that makes way more sense. I can take that for sure. And that is why Logan is my favorite film that I have seen so far of 2017. Yeah. Nice. My number one movie from 2017 thus far, although... If it didn't cap, didn't beat it, I don't know if there's a lot that's going to. Uh, my number one movie is Dunkirk. Yeah, which I wanted to see before we did this, and I just <laughs> didn't. Circumstances prevented that. So right, it's just the way it goes. Um, yep. It's Chris Nolan. It's it's a, a World War Two movie. It's got some amazing performances. Cillian Murphy's great, and um, I mean Tom Hardy spends. 95% of it in the cockpit of a plane, but it's... Oh, I, I loved it. Um, it was loud, it was visceral, it was shocking, it was horrifying. Everything about it was just really, really hard to watch. But I think that was what it needed. Yeah. Because it made you feel like you were there. And, like, it was so loud in the theater to, at some points, like, when bullets were, you know coming through ships you could hear it and it was almost so high pitched like it almost hurt my ears I'm like god this is like it's really hard to watch but at the same time it's like but that's kind of intentional because I mean can you imagine being there when that happened like yeah so it was just it was it was really interesting um I I loved it I saw it on open I saw it the day it came out back in July and nothing that I've seen even it which I loved did not surpass us just because I I was all in for this movie and it did not disappoint me whatsoever. That's fair. I'm I have yeah. been looking forward to seeing it, but it was just like it came out during forest fire season when I couldn't go outside. Right. And now yeah. that it's available to rent, I wasn't around to be able to rent it. I'm yeah. Just like, yep, 
all right, great. Nope, I'll get Sometimes to that's it. just the way it goes, man. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Dunkirk, my number one. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like, I loved it, and I loved Long Time Running. Like, they were both very good and could easily have, like, if Dunkirk wasn't as good as it was, I'd have no objection to Long Time Running or it being my number one. But this one sure. was just very good beginning to end. So No, that's totally and, like, fair. You were talking about the about Baby Driver and the sound design and everything. I loved the sound design of this one. Like little little things like just the ticking of a clock, no music, just the ticking of a clock, and it's just like little things like that that just really help to tell the story because there's not a lot of music when you're fighting in France. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, very very well done movie. Cool. I look yeah. forward to seeing it. I think you will like it. Do you think? And I suppose let's kick this also to our audience. Do you okay. think it would be of a benefit to revisit this in, say, July? Our top movies of 2018? No, our top movies or, sorry, of 2017. 2017. Yeah. And see what's changed? Because I will like I will, I will likely see Logan and Baby Driver. And, and Get Out. Get Out before I will have July. Seen, it might be. I will have seen Dunkirk and... What else hadn't I seen on your list? We've been talking I mean, for like the, an hour and a half. <laughs> the documentaries, but um, yeah, well, the, we, Andy, the Great Beyond. Yeah, I might have seen that Mother. by this point. Mother, I will have seen by that point. Yeah, so uh, we three billboards, The Shape of Water, The Post. Uh, what's the one that that Gary Oldman just won the Golden Globe for? Um, Darkest Hour. Darkest Hour. Yeah, like there's a lot of movies that came out that I just haven't had a chance to see that could. Ve- I think that's a great idea. So I let's. As, as we are wrapping this one up, let's kick that to yeah. our audience. If you yeah. guys would like us to talk about this again, either in article form or most likely because you're listening to the podcast, in podcast mm-hmm. form, let us know. And we will look into doing that maybe in the middle of July or like end of June before. Yeah. I don't know how our, our what we're up to is are lining up. We can work that out later. Um. See if we can beginning of June, I think. So then we beginning of July, maybe that's we could do that just to revisit and talk because by then I would have seen a pile more of movies from this year, Mm -hmm. especially the the award windows one, and it might shift my list around. That's a cool idea, and then we just like do that every year, just kind of check in and be like, okay, so, and we could even start with the you know a revisit like here, just do a quick like here was our here was my twelve, here's your twelve. Let's see how things changed. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really cool idea. So if our listeners are down for that, let us know. Respond in kind, and we will um, we will do it if the if the consensus is that's a good idea. Hey, Dave, how could they let Yo. us know? Nice. You, Mr. and Miss Internet, are the lifeblood of our podcast, and we want to answer your questions or just have a good old chat. Do you want to talk to us on Twitter to tell us that you want us to do this? I can be found at David Ron. Sean, oh, that's Ron with two N's. Sean is at Sean Cord. That's Sean with a U. And we collectively are at Guys from Podcast. You could also email us, guysfrompodcast at gmail.com. You could Facebook us at the Guys from, but nobody ever does that. No, or, nobody ever does that. Why do we no. even have a Facebook? Uh, seriously. Uh, no traffic on there. Anyway, uh, you could write your message on a balloon and send us to it that way. Send it to us that way. Uh, extra points if you say that the balloon is being shipped from Derry. Uh, not only will it be super freaky and awesome, but we'll feel like we have to answer your question or, you know, revisit this top ten. Yeah. 
If you enjoy the guys from podcast, tell anyone you can, any way you can. And the best thing you can do to help us get the word out there is to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We are available pretty much everywhere podcasts are found, including the aforementioned Apple Podcasts, Player FM, Podbean, Stitcher, the Blueberry app, Pocket Casts, you name it, we're probably there. Hey Dave, is there anything you wanted to plug? Uh, it's not so much of a plug as I we just talked about it, but I want to congratulate both Gary Oldman and Sam Rockwell for their Golden Globes because they're two of my favorite actors and it's nice that they're getting some recognition for their various roles in movies I have yet to see but would really, really like to. Both Three Billboards and Darkest Hour look amazing. Yeah, so congratulations this is exactly, to two of my guys. It's exactly what I've been complaining about. They released this, these movies in three cinemas in New York, yeah. London, and Los Angeles, and then we don't see them. They're like, hey, they're going to go up for the awards. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Oh, also to Nicole Kidman and um, uh, Alexander Skarsgård for their, their Golden Globes in Big Little Lies. Whew. If you haven't seen that one yet, check that, that show out. That one's pretty awesome. Cool. So, yeah. John? On our website, www.theguysfrom.com, aside from hosting this filmically challenged podcast, we also write articles on things like music. That's indie music every weekday, throwback tracks on Thursday, tons of stuff on movies and gaming. It's the end of the year, so it's a lot of review stuff. We'll also yeah. probably write about South Park. We keep lying to ourselves. Who knows? <laughs> uh, and where can we find all that again? www.theguysfrom.com. Aw, oh, yeah. For more pop culture horror goodness, or if you want to see what random horror movies I am watching, check out at the dark half. That's T H E underscore D A R K H A L F. And also, I do this every time we do a list. I am positive nobody has seen all twenty-two movies that we talked about today. So check something out. A lot of them were on yeah. Netflix, especially in the first half there. So yeah. it's not hard. Give them no, a look. Very accessible. Special thanks to The Sweets for our radical opening music. Check out their website at www.wearethesweets.com. And, as usual, special thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for our takeout music called Fearless First, as well as today's ad music called Overcast. This has been episode 201 of the Guys From Podcast. If this podcast was a university course in Canada, it would be first year. Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Sean. And I'm Dave. Have a great week, everybody. The Guys From Podcast is brought to you in part by nothing. Nothing because nothing floats. Nothing floats here, Dave. Nothing floats here. Well, that's lucky. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good.